Five months since their last league fixture, the Raw are back for the 2017-18 A-League season and the Brisbane Football Review is back to preview it all for you. It's James Scott and Adam with you here for the Daily Football Show Fan Network. Guys, how are we going, Adam? Yeah, good. Probably the most picturesque uh, studio lot that we're going to have uh, this season, I guess. Scott, stay away from the bar. Oh, I've already been to the bar. No, it's, <laughs> it's great, isn't it? The season's just around the corner. It's looking forward to it. Can't wait. Yeah, we are, of course, recording this on the Friday before the season kickoff here at the Precinct Bar at Suncorp Stadium and... It's a beautiful, albeit a little bit hot day, and, you know, it's going to be the exact opposite of what the Raw face when they kick off in Melbourne on yeah. Friday night. It's the, but it's exactly what they're going to face a couple of months from now in, in the great Queensland summer. When they have all of their afternoon games yes. here. But you know what? It's a beautiful stadium. It's a great team. Let's look at what's in store for them for the upcoming season. All right, so let's start with the squad. Ins, we've got Fahid Ben Kalfala, Corey Gramero, Massimo Macarone as a marquee. Mitch Oxborough, Emmy Martinez, Peter Skopitis, and Eric Bortiak. I think I got that name right. Close enough. That's right. And outs we've got Broich, unfortunately, Jamie McLaren, Brandon Borello, Manuel Arana, Nathan Constantopoulos, Joey Katabian, Cameron Crestani, who, congratulations on the MPL Queensland victory, by the way, Tommy Orr, and Kai Roll. So let's start with the ins. Scott, who do you think is going to be the most important addition to this squad? Oh, it's hard to say, because we haven't seen Bortiak play yet. I think he could be a real X-factor X given the pedigree he's bringing from France. But from what we've seen, I think Massimo Macaroni looks a tremendous signing. He's In the pre-season games, he's gotten better and better and better, and you can see his influence over the team and the chances he's creating and the goals he's scoring. I think I think he's going to be really good this year. And he is 38 years old, Adam, but as we've seen last year with you know guys like yeah. Thomas Broich, age is just a number. Oh, look, any player that uh, comes out of playing you know, regular time in Serie A, which is Absolutely. one of the... You know the world's top four leagues. You know, irrespective of where his club came, he still played at that level. And look, it may be a step down, but I'm sure that he'll at least provide impact. How much impact? That will be the question. And just listening to some of the things that people are saying about him, you you feel like he's adapting well so far to the conditions. Like he had that goal, was it in the preseason friendly out at Redcliffe, yeah. where he beat the keeper to the ball, chipped it over, and then. Show composure yeah. on composure. That was on the his byline. first appearance in Raw Colours that game. That's right. He got the penalty as yeah. well there. And look, I'm not saying he's guaranteed to be, you know, a world-beating striker that's going to score 45 goals this year. But I think he's going to get his fair yeah. share. Though. I expect him to get minimum 10 goals. I think at least 10, if not closer to 15, to be honest. Because hmm. and on paper, he aside from the age, it feels like he would check a lot of the boxes for what Raw fans were looking for in a if striker. If he was 32, people would be raving about this signing. That's, that's the age. That's the question that people are bringing and up. And that's the thing is that's the only thing that counts against him is the fact that he's he's a known player and they know his his age on his birth certificate basically. Look, but if you look at him on the pitch, he doesn't look out of place. You know, being you know, obviously you know an experienced player, but you know he he seems fit, and, that, and that's what you want. And you know the fact that he's 38 really shouldn't make a difference. Scott, how would yeah. you manage Macaroni this year? Do you reckon he's going to start every game or we might see sometimes where he's left on the bench or possibly even out of the squad altogether? I think it'll be depending on how he goes. As the, the weather heats up even more, I think he, his body will tell you whether or not he should play every week or not. Particularly yeah. when the Champions League kicks in at three games a week, you're definitely going to have to rotate the squad then. But I think at the start of the year, I wouldn't be surprised if he starts most, if not every week, to be honest with you. 
Yeah, and look, there is plenty of you know good quality back up there. We've seen yeah. Nicholas D'Agostino come on in the last 12 months. You've got Corey Gamero as well, and Scopettis who scored for fun. Yeah, well, that's it. Well, yeah. why don't we move on to Peter Scopettis, who's probably been the revelation of yeah. preseason so far. Re- revelation, I think, is an understatement. He, he has been really good, I think. And he, you know, for a guy who's you know, supposedly injury-prone, and is still always at, always at risk, but um, look, he has been the revelation of, I think, of the whole preseason across the league. Yeah. And I think he is, he is you know, a very, very welcome addition to the squad. He's the underrated signing of the year, the one that just snuck under the radar. They brought him in as an injury replacement to start with, and he's done so well that they've given him a full-time deal. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty good, gone. pretty good way to set yourself up with yeah. a new club to go from, oh, we'll keep you around for a couple of months at least, to, no, 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 we want you around at least yeah. for this year. And I honestly hope that it is a two-year deal. Obviously, the Roar aren't disclosing contract information, yep. and no matter how many times I say pretty please, I doubt they'll... <laughs> yeah, you're not going to get that. <laughs> I'm not that charming. Um, but, you know, I think he could turn out to be a valuable asset, and if he has a good year, he might only be around for 12 months, yeah. but... He could have some really good contributions in that time. I think he will have some contributions in that time, particularly again when the fixtures get busier towards the end of the year. I think he's going to play a big part. And you do. And need there's those great bodies. competition for place now. We're talking about the strikers, but there's four really good options there that are all a bit different in what they do, but they're also good players. And you would say, aside from Macaroni, they can play, you know, either yeah. side of yeah. like out wide left, wide right. Cause I think Camaro was playing on the wing last last side of for Melbourne City a couple of years ago. So. You never know. And that's and like I said, that's also as well. Like yeah, you know, Corey Gamera, he's like I said, if he plays to what he's capable of, like I said, it is a very, very good, um, potentially you know, striking line. Yeah, you know, and that's and that's that's what you want. And, pl- and like I said, plenty of options and plenty of different shapes. With Gamera, though, it's hard to judge exactly what you're going to get from him after missing two years. I think he's one you're going to have to take slower and just see what he can give you. Even then, yeah. yeah. All right, so let's move on to another big signing, Eric Bortiak. Now, John Aloisi had this to say at his press conference. Adam, can you set that up for us? Yeah, well, look, he, as, as you know, uh, he's, he's, not, um, he's, he's not in the country yet, according to John Aloisi. And, um, and yeah, look, he's fairly disappointed about it. All right, let's hear what Aloisi had to say. What's the latest with, uh, with Eric? I mean, uh, is that, uh, sort of he's not here yet? Yeah, it's upsetting that he's not here yet because, you know, we, uh, we agreed with him... Uh, already that uh, to come and play for the Raw and um, we were hoping the visa was going to be a lot quicker as you know it's still not he's still not available so you know it's going to be touch and go whether he's going to be here for the first game or not and, uh, that's disappointing because I would love Eric here uh, in the first game it isn't uh, meant to be so we just have to make sure that um, you know we uh, the other boys are ready, and uh, it's an opportunity for someone else. But uh, hopefully, the visa comes very uh, sooner rather than later. All right. So yeah, obviously a very disappointed John Aloisi yeah, there. Understandable as well. If you want your best players here to start the season, of course you do. So what do you think we can expect from Bortiak when he comes in? It's obviously coming from another top European league. I think people need to, as much as we want him to be a direct replacement for Bortiak, I think people might just want to relaxing that just a little bit until you get a chance to see him play in person but hopefully he's a big difference maker because if he is he could be the, he could be the X factor in the Raw's front third this year oh absolutely and there are a few things like Thomas yeah. Broach was a phenomenal player yeah. but there are certain things that I feel like a replacement for him could improve on first of all would be pace second goals. would be yeah goals absolutely and you know, I think that's something that you go back and ask Broich about. He probably would feel quite yeah. frustrated too that he couldn't contribute more. But for the number of assists he had, I think we can. Yeah, him. we'll we'll let him off with that. Yeah, <laughs> but that's what I mean. Like, you can offer something different for the side here. 
Oh, look, I think, you know, it's, it's quite clear that John Elwissi obviously has a lot of faith in him. Not to, because you know, he, even, even with all his um, visa problems, he's still hoping that, um, that he'll be available for next Friday. Somehow, somewhere, I don't know, I don't think it's going to be possible. I don't know the inside workings, but, you know, it seems a far-fetched that, you know, he's still in the country, yet back up in seven days' time. So, but he might be um, a piece of puzzle that John Elwissi really needs for this team. I just... For clarification here, I did, you know, run a 10k race 48 hours after landing back from two weeks in Thailand, so how hard can it be playing in the air? <laughs> well, I am oh, kidding, wow. of course. <laughs> anyway, moving on from that, if you look at stylistically replacing Broich, which is obviously very, very difficult to do, Ben Kalfala has a lot of those attributes as well in terms of creativity, assists, etc. So between the two, you'll probably be able to replace some, if not most, of what Broich gave you and add something different to it as well. And I of think course, that, that also includes you've got to place Perello in that as well. Mm. And, well, keep in mind, like, uh, you know, Ben Carlfell has signed so early in the yeah. off-season, he's almost been forgotten. Yeah, he has. He hasn't been cited in the games either. He's played in the internal games, but that's it. But even then, like, that could work well in his favour because all of a sudden he's not the only guy that was signed and, you know, he can come in and do what he wants. All right, so let's go through the squad now. Mm-hmm. And go through position by position. So, goalkeepers, we've got Michael Theo, Jamie Young, and Tomislav Bilic. Yep. Obviously, Theo and Young would be clear 1A yep. and 1B in this squad. Yep. That's a good I, way to put it, 1 and 1A, basically. And I can go back 12 months to when we yep. did our first ever yep. show and we're saying, you know, whoever is starting, whoever is backup, it's a pretty good position to be in having the best backup in the A-League. And I think it's fair to say they're both going to get significant game time this year. John Aloisi has shown his willing to rotate his goalkeepers, particularly when the Champions League kicks around. I think Jamie Young would be the Asian Champions League goalkeeper. And Theo has unfortunately not been healthy for full seasons the last couple of years. So mm, well, it it's was great to have an, a tremendous option like Jamie Young in reserve. It was quite unfortunate the way that uh, Theo season yeah. ended last year, but Jamie Young won me over there. Like, yeah. I, I used to be very firmly in camp Theo, but now... I'd be happy with either one of them, to be honest. Oh, look, I agree. Look, you know, it, it's an embarrassment of riches. You know, we've got two capable goalkeepers. One goes down for whatever reason. You know, most other clubs, yeah, you say, oh, your number one goalkeeper is struggling to be fit. There, there's worries. Here in Brisbane, you know what? We're not worried. You know, we know that, we know that Michael Theo and Jamie Young can get the job done. Mm. Yeah, there um, might be questions over Jamie Young's distribution still, but as a shot stopper, you're right, he won me over but the shootout and also just everything that happened to him in the Champions League in Thailand and all the rest of it. That's right, and then coming back against yeah, yeah victory, against yeah. Melbourne Victory a week later where he took a pretty solid knock to yeah. the head and, you know, how much fault you can give him for that goal is yeah. up for debate, but it was still a fantastic yeah. performance that was only 1-0, I would say, in large part because of the performance yeah. of Jamie Young. All right, let's look at the fullbacks. Jack Hingott, Corey Brown, Dane Ingham and Connor O'Toole. Now, O'Toole has had a bit of an up and down preseason from what we've seen from him. Yeah, we haven't seen we haven't seen too much of him, but like obviously still young, up and coming. You know, you the best his yeah. best is still is still you know ahead of him. It's a big year for him though. If you might want to start looking at at least putting pressure on Corey Brown for that spot, because at the moment it looks very clear cut who's going to play. Exactly, but even then, as we say, like with the way this squad is set up everyone's going to have to contribute. I do wonder if even Dane Ingham might be ahead of him as a left-back option Well, like as well. I said, Dane, Dane Ingham you know, just got called up this morning to the um, All-Whites. Congratulations, Dane. So he's obviously, you know... He's fit again. On, yeah, he's apparently fit again. But, um, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's on the radar you know, potentially you know, for these crucial World Cup qualifiers, and that's only going to do well for him. And he could be in line to miss a couple of games as well, well Dane. He's definitely out for round one, so... Mm. Yeah. And then we've got... Yeah, obviously the two presumptive starters, yep. Jack Kingett and Corey Brown, who 
I quite like them as podcast guests. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> I quite like them as fullbacks yeah. as well. They've really made those spots their own the last two years. With obviously storied raw players in front, it's just Nudo moving on. They've mm. really taken the mantle up in those spots. And you know, we had big questions about Corey Brown last year, yeah. but he he's got a fantastic time. season to you know live up to now. Gary Wilkins medalist. Mm. And look, and for mine, I actually, I actually think you know the role that um, that Corey Brown and uh, Jack Hinger actually play to this squad, they are so they are so important. They they play well, Raw plays well. So it's I think that big. We need big seasons from both of them. And exactly. All right, so we're going to move on to the centre backs and what I would call the deepest group of players yes. in the team. You've got Jack. I've got Jade North, Luke Devere, Avram Papadopoulos, and Daniel Bowles. Now Papadopoulos hasn't been seen a whole lot so far this He's preseason. He's playing today in the internal game took the words right out of my yep. mouth. <laughs> but yeah, so Papadopoulos is a fantastic backup to have and someone that, yeah. like those top three, you've got North, Devere and Papadopoulos and Bowles will yeah. be back, I reckon, in November, he was November saying at the kit launch. Yeah. I do what? wonder actually whether or not it will be Papadopoulos as a backup or if he's going to continue to rotate the three of them. It, I would prefer him just to pick two and stick with it to form a partnership for continuity, and understanding yes. continuity, but if you are going to rotate three centre-backs, that's probably about the best you could do. You probably could so. chop and change. Like, I would yeah. say when you're facing someone like, I don't know, Matt yeah. Simon, you might yeah. want someone like Papadopoulos in yeah. there to knock him over. Yeah. Oh, look, the one thing that, you know, that a combination of, say, Devere and Papadopoulos gives you is height. Yeah. And that's something that, you know, in the past, uh, the Royal yeah. centre-backs have lacked. And, um, yeah. and yeah, like I said, it, it's, again, it's a case of it's so many multiple ways you can play at different shapes. Look, you can go your three, your three at the back. Careful. Your three centre-backs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know how how successful they experiment, but like I said, it has has been without Avram Papadopoulos. So That's a good point. Also, knows. the other thing is, Luke Devere, you mentioned, he had a great season last year, but his body has let him down in years past. Hopefully that's now behind him and we can get another full season of Luke Devere in the side because he's such a good player when he's healthy. And you know what I do like about this group of players, especially, is the fact that they never seem to have two bad games in a row. Like, they always seem to... Like, if they do happen to have a bit of a questionable performance, they back it up with a reminder of why they're in the team. And look, they're not infallible, but... Um, no one is. No, well, I You am. make mistakes all the time. No, you don't. <laughs> yes, you, you do. You haven't kept those outtakes, have you? <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on. So we've got centre mids, got Matt Mackay, the captain, Joe Coletti, Thomas Christensen, Jacob Pepper and Mitch Oxborough. Now, Oxborough has come in uh, from Perth. Yes, and via Newcastle... MPL, but yeah. And I feel like him and Pepper, they're obviously going to be the squad players, the guys that come in when needed and spell the established top three. And again, it's also a fairly deep group, I'd say. Yeah, it is. It starts off with the injury concerns with Thomas Christensen probably missing the first week. Donald, who was saying today in his press conference, he's not sure how long he'll be out, but definitely pretty much made it sound like week one. I'm looking forward to seeing what Joe Coletti can do this year. I want to see him kick on from what we saw last year and really establish himself as a first-choice player in that midfield. And look, while you don't want to celebrate an injury, having that opportunity for someone like Coletti to come in and be there from day one could be very important for the team later in the year. Oh, exactly. exactly. You know, and and the, we'll talk about sort of um, Jacob Pepper and Mitch Oxborough. Like I said, even though like I said, they, they are just squad players, you know, players both players have got you know expen- extensive you know A League experience. And again, you, it's be it's got to be better than having you know young guys, you know, just coming out of MPL or, or the youth team filling in, you know, if there's a case of an injury. So I think that, that dependability, I think, is going to be important. Just on Pepper, I think he might be more of a utility this year than a midfielder. You might see him pop up in more different positions as opposed to just in midfield if required. Oh, yeah. and But even then, like, it's still just a good body to yeah. have around. 
Alright, so we're going to move on to the attacking mid. So, we're sort of, we've sort of split this up based on the formation that the Raw played last year, the 4-2-3-1. Yep. These are the guys that will play in that group of three, as a drink just gets blown over by the wind. I'm going to run, I'm going to run us through that. You can go and clean that up. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, we've got Brett Holman, Fahid Ben Kalfala, Eric Bortiak, Shannon Brady, and Peter Skipides. Now, Shannon Brady, I feel like, is an interesting yep. prospect here. He's young and had a lot of pace point. and on a fairly decent contract. So, Scott, what are you expecting from him? Well, just talking about Shannon Brady, it's a very, very interesting one because back in 2014 when he made his breakthrough, he made 200, played 269 minutes. Since then, he's played 177 minutes in two years. He needs games. I mean, we've seen he has ability. He can beat a man. He's got a bag of tricks. I hope this year we see more of him in the first team because I think he needs it. But even then, he's still quite young. Yeah, so. he is. He's quite young, but he signed a four-year deal a couple of years ago. I think you'd like to see him start to kick on and become a regular in the matchday squad. Yeah, well, that would be the ideal yeah. for him. Although he's got tremendous competition to do so. I mean, to that Bortiak and Ben Kalfala earlier. You've also got Gamero, who might be considered there. Scapetta, as you mentioned. I mean, Emilio oh, well. Martinez as well. I mean, there's a bunch of players who will be fighting for those positions. Martinez is another young player that does, I suppose, kind of balance out the way that... The, the I suppose aging veterans in the squad. Oh look, he's um, he's a player of tremendous promise, you know. And look, we may not we may not see much of him this year. You may he may get some game time, say in Champions League or you know in games of little consequence. But look, he he looks to be a very very good young player, and I think it's important to have those those youth players to come through. Yeah, absolutely. It's important, but Brett Holman is really important to the Raw mm. side. You've seen what happened when he was missing last year and when he was on fire last year. He brings a lot to the team, and I really hope. He gets. I know he's questionable again for the start of round one, but I really hope he has a big year because he could really be another X-Factor option. But just playing devil's advocate as well, he's had the preseason with the team. It's not like last year yeah. when he was getting like getting to know the guys when he came in in, what, yeah. October or whatever it was? Somewhere around and there. John obviously didn't know that he was having a good preseason until he had the injury setback. So that's, I think that's going to be important for him. And look, he had... He had he, he saw we saw glimpses of his best at the back yeah. end of last season. Yeah, that so one really good week, didn't he? When he yeah. So, so he, you've got to expect that now he'll be better this season come come round. And he'll be a goal scoring number ten as well. Yes. Speaking of goals, let's move on to the strikers. Obviously, we've talked about Macaroni and D'Agostino and Grimero. How many goals do you reckon these guys need to score for the Raw to be effective? Because last year, M- McLaren did score or what twenty in the season, but. There were times when goals just weren't there. You're probably looking for 40 or 50 from your team in general, so you probably want the majority of that to come from your strikers. So you'd be looking for 35 between the two? Oh, between whoever plays. Also, you've got the wingers as well in that front three I'm talking about. You'd want that sort of goals. Yeah, true. 30 to 35 from the strikers would be good as a a group. That's pretty much... When you look at what the best teams did last year, Babo and Brosk and Ninkovic, that's more or less what they, between them... Put yeah. together, so I think you'd be you'd be satisfied with you know Macaroni scoring you know you know yeah. ten to fifteen goals, but that is yeah. predicated on the fact that you know you have a midfield that's scoring. You now you, yeah. you need double digits you know from Holman, you know Bortiak, you know you get you know, need goals from him. You know, like I said, mm. and whoever whoever's playing that front line as well, Scapetis, you know. Yeah, Gamero, like I said, you're going to need goals across yeah. rather than having that one Goals from everywhere are a trait of a championship winning team. You look at what Sydney did last year, you look at the Raw championship winning teams. So yep. Nichols scored a bunch of goals in, a, in the second year they won the grand final. I mean, in you 11 need goals from midfield. In 11 and 12, the two leading goal scorers were Barbarusis and Salorzano, yeah. and they had, I think, 12 each or yeah. something. Salorzano played half a year that, so. Yeah, exactly. So the goals will have to come. It just will be yeah. a group yeah. effort. All right, so. 
let's move on to the overall stuff because I'm just realising how long the segment's running. Yeah. <laughs> so, most important player for the Raw this season, Scott. If he's healthy, Brett Holman. He, he could be the player who makes everything tick around to everyone. Look, I, I actually, I actually think Eric Borthiak could be the most important player only because of that X factor that he, he, he never, we haven't seen it in the A League for. It's a different type of player. The Raw has got from an import point of view. And look, I think if he is everything he says he he could be, look, he could be he could be the difference. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. And my most important player for this season, I'm going to go, actually go Macarone. Yep. Because I feel like if he's scoring goals and creating problems for defences, everyone else around him is going to be so much more effective. It's going to be that sort of, you know, tunnel vision where if Macaroni is getting, you know, the two centre-backs, you might see Holman freed up with a little bit more space. You might see Bortiak, Romero, Skipidis, whoever, coming in off either side. So that's for me. And finally, overall expectation for the season. I'll say my actual prediction, but I'm expecting them to be highly competitive, winning a lot of games and more or less where they were last year. At the very least, I think I think at this stage I think we're a bit behind the top two, being you know, Sydney and, uh, Sydney FC and Melbourne victory. But look, I think they'll be in the fight for six. I I'd be disappointed if they missed the finals. I, I think a lot's is, gone wrong if this team misses the finals. Yeah. Top four is a minimum for me. Yeah. We'll save our actual predictions for the final segment. Yep. And I think we're going to take a break right now. What do you say? Let's go to the bar. All right, sounds good. <laughs> this is Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. And welcome to segment two of the Brisbane Football Review season preview, part of the DFS Australia Fan Network. James Scott and Adam with you, and we are definitely not re-recording this segment after Tony Popovich resigned. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we're going to start off with the news for segment two. Heidelberg United were crowned NPL champions after they defeated Brisbane Strikers 2-0 at Perry Park. Adrian Zara and Sean Ellis scored, the latter securing the John Cosmina medal, and the Burgers secure a spot in the 2018 FFA Cup round of 32. So let's start with you, Scott. How glad are they going to be that they don't have to go through qualifying? <laughs> well, yeah, they probably will be very glad, actually, given the way that Football, football Victoria is qualifying is it's no sure thing. So they played really well on Saturday. They really, they were a level above the strikers and just... They were the better team. Yeah, I've got to give them credit for it. So. I honestly thought the strikers' best chance came from the fact that Heidelberg were playing probably their 120th game of the calendar yeah. year. Adam, how did, how did it look to you? Look, I thought they, they deserved the win. Um, look, at that. I'm not, like I said, strikers. I think we were a little bit down on what they were producing. I thought they probably played, they probably peaked for a week early, but I yeah. think it had a lot to do with Heidelberg, the way they played. So, yeah, look, they're deserving winners, and they're, they're the first mm. non A-League team into next year's draw. And the first non-New South Wales team to win the NPL final series. Mm. So good for them. All right, so we're going to keep moving quickly because we've got a lot to cover. And we're going to go on to the FFA uh, launching the A-League season in Melbourne. Did they launch it, did they? Yeah. Did I they, know, kept, they kept that quiet. I looked at uh, Fox Sports News at work today and uh, yesterday and went, oh, okay, that was on today. That would have been good for us to know. <laughs> Not that we would have gone, but yeah. Uh, look, I, I did I did read um, one of the reasons for the low-key, low-budget, you know, seems to be very, very you know, un, unheralded. So I think that whereas last season they went bull to the gate with the, the Yoshi promotion. Whereas this year, I think Gregor Rourke was actually quite a saying that the, ho- that 
the promotion needs to last the whole season rather than the first four weeks. So whether that works or not, where it's sort of more grassroots thing, yeah, look, it's... No, you'd hope there would have been a little bit more fanfare yeah. than what it was. I do like the fan ambassadors Absolutely. idea, though. I do like that as well. Every team has one this year as opposed to just one club, essentially to Tim Cahill marketing sort of thing. So every team has a fan ambassador, which is good, but it just seems lazy, doesn't it? A so little it's, bit. It's, it's, you don't see too many sports around the world use the same marketing slogan two years in a row. Actually, they try well, and mix no, it up a bit true. more. The NRL had That's My Team for how long? Yes, yeah. but that worked. Yeah, but, but it's, it just seems a bit like lazy and something new was needed, which kind of sums up where the game is at the moment in general, really, if you think about it. I don't think they needed anything new. I, 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 I like that you've got to have a team thing, because how often do you hear those Euro snobs, and this is what it feels like yeah. it's targeting, saying, oh, I don't really follow the A-League because it's not as good as, you know, the German Bundesliga 2 or whatever. Maybe, I just... Yeah, it's not perfect. I can see both you guys' points. You know, it, 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 like I said, the, the, the promotion sort of worked in a way, but also as well, it, do, it does seem a little, um, little stagnant, which, as, as Scotty yeah. said, you know, it's almost like you know, yeah. that's the whole theme at the moment it with just, the A-League. Yeah, it just kind of encapsulates the league in general. It's a bit stagnant across the board at the moment. It does seem to make a little bit more sense compared to the Yoshi one where he went and picked Melbourne City yeah. and then he's sort of like, well, what about the other nine clubs? Exactly. That's, I, that's why I do like the fan ambassador part of it where every mm. team has one this year, including Canberra in the W League, which is good. But that being said, though, I, the way I kind of look at it is everything's got to, everyone's got to have a team because, honestly, yeah, okay, I'll watch Serie A, but I don't have a team there, so I don't enjoy it as much as I do, say, the Premier League. Mm-hmm. So that... That message, I feel like, is a good one to start off with, at least coming from my perspective, yeah. where if I don't have a team in a league, I'm not going to follow it anywhere near as closely as if I'm invested in one. Anyway, that's just me. And then, what was it? Sunday morning. Got a little bit of a shock. Yeah. <laughs> Tony Popovich has resigned from Western Sydney Wanderers to go, go to a Turkish Super League club. To a Turkish Super League club. After five years, what legacy is he leaving Western Sydney Wanderers with? Crab book spore. Yeah, them. Yeah. Well, it takes a lot to get to break through the new cycle in the aftermath of the AFL Grand Final and in the build-up to the NRL, so fair play for that. But I wonder if there's something else going on here because the whole time Tony Popovich has been at the Wanderers, he's preached nobody leaves once the season's underway, and that includes pre-season. And now the week before the season, he he's left, and so is two of his assistants. I wonder... I don't... It's... The timing seems a bit odd. It does. It does. I mean... You kind of can't pass up the opportunity when yeah. it does. Oh, it's a it's a good opportunity for him yeah. if he's able to go and coach in Europe, and you got to get your foot in the door there somehow. I mean, I know there was links with Crystal Palace. I'm not sure how real that was really when you think about it. So to get a, an opportunity in Europe, if that's where he wants to coach going forward, do you have to take chances like this? Why not? Look, I think it's it's high risk but also high reward. Look, mm. it's, he goes into where you know when he when he came to the Wanderers, you know, it was a, as a blank canvas. Yeah. It was immediately it was Tony Popovich's yeah. team. You know, for for want of better or fail, you know, or succeed. You know, he, he does have an Asian Asian Champions League medal, but yeah. you know, no A League Championship. But this is a very different situation in a very very competitive league. Yeah. Over in Turkey, which doesn't get much exposure outside no. of the top three or four clubs over there. It's very volatile as well with the coaches and the mm. foreign players as well. Yeah, like I said, and this is a team that, you know, he's, he's going to there with a squad that's already there in a, in, a, in a competitive competition where they are in relegation trouble already after seven yeah. games. Look, it, it, it could, he could either, you know, it's almost some sink or swim. And, you know, you hope you hope he can he can swim because that will then open up further opportunities. But, geez, I'll tell you what, he's, he could also fail very quickly. 
Absolutely. Yeah. All right, let's get on to our season preview. What do you say? Let's go. Okay, we're going to start off looking at the opposition from New South Wales, because that's where half the clubs seem to be based. Yeah. And we're going to start off with the defending champion, Sydney FC. In Paolo Retre, Alex Cisak, Luke Wilkshire, Adrian Majewski, and Anthony Kallick. Out, Bernie Abini, Philip Polosko, Milos Dimitrovic, Danny Vukovic, George Blackwood, and a couple of youth players. Now... Sydney FC starting favourites, rightfully so. Yeah. They were phenomenal last year and could very easily have gone undefeated, but let's not get back into that. <laughs> Don't start me on that. No. <laughs> For me, I think, you know, they're deserved favourites, but they've got a lot of questions, especially at the back. The yeah. loss of Rahayan Grant to a knee injury. <laughs> was it a knee injury? Yes, ACL yeah. injury. And Danny Vukovic to a transfer. That's that, probably going to be a pretty that does big that hole does to fill. leave some holes to fill, and particularly with um Redman and Cisak. And there's no proven option there. It's been Redman in the preseason, but we've seen in the past that he's been he hasn't been able to nail down a position at a number of clubs. So there's big question marks on that one. And Luke Wilkshire, yes, he's been playing regularly in Europe, but he's 35 now. Yeah, and he's got another 33 year alongside him. So we've talked about the raw being an aging backline. Well, they've got issues themselves in that front. So. Look, that's the thing is, in in a way, like the front half of the field where the attack is going to be, you know, mm. it, it, they've actually gotten stronger. You they know, have. It, it, as defending champions, generally there's always a hangover or whatnot. But they've, in in the front half of the pitch, they've actually gotten stronger. Like you know, you know, Adrian Majerski, Majerski, he's he's an upgrade on Philip Polosko. You know, whereas I think as Scotty said, you know, I think their Achilles heel maybe the back, yes. the goalkeeper. If Redmayne turns around finally produces what we think he potentially do. I think they defend, but mm. otherwise, yeah, they, they're going to be... Um, that might be the question. I'll, I want to talk a little bit more about Adrian. Yep. One, how glad is Sydney's kit person that has decided to have Adrian on the back <laughs> yeah. of his jersey? The fans will be too. It would be cheaper for him. <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, well, the soccer establishments that do it, I think, would be a bit yeah. upset. But. And two, okay, I admit this is probably me overreacting to one game, but... FFA Cup, oh my god. They looked really good, didn't they, with Mijewski? Him especially. Mijewski running the show on the right, Ninkovic on the left. They just had threats all over the field. That's that's getting back to the to the peak Brisbane Raw days where they had players on both sides creating havoc. So And you've got the two playmakers. That actually looked, really did look scary that night. That two playmakers, so you can see it backfire from time to time when yeah. they might not be on the same page. Maybe that gets to them a little bit early in the season. But <laughs> look, with... If Arnie can be half as good as he was last yeah. year as a coach with that squad, they'll absolutely yeah. make the finals. But also as well, oh. I guess the forgotten link just quickly on that is that it, that, that, just, that screening midfielders, you know, Josh Berlante and, and Brandon O'Neill. The Hack be, brothers as yeah, well. Well, yeah. you know, it, it gets the job done. You know, if they, they, if they, they can be as formidable. Yeah. They, like I said, you, you can't rule them out. Them, them going back to back. And they've added to that too under the radar with Paolo Retro. He's another one just fits that mould really. Energetic, able to just run all day. So yeah. now they've got three of those in their midfield so they can rotate as a Champions League. Yeah. They look better placed than a couple than the Victory do, for example, with rotation for the Champions League. They look like they've got more options. Why not? All right, so we're going to move on to the Western Sydney Wanderers. I will just apologise if there are birds coming through in the background. Yeah. We're looking after my wife's parents' birds while they're on this a cruise. This is James's worst nightmare, this, by the way, for anyone <laughs> Yeah, I'm actually home. just checking my heart rate at the moment. <laughs> and is 257 normal? <laughs> yes, yeah, it is, yep. I think, yeah. I think this is actually the closest we'll get to a live studio audience. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah Bex just completely ignoring us, watching something on her yeah. iPad. Anyway, we're going to move on to the Wanderers. In... Josh Risden, Rolly Bonavazia, Michael Thwaite, Chris Hurd, Mark Bridge, Oriol Riera, Alvaro Suedo, Raul Urente, John Hall, and Mark Tokic. 
out Scott Neville, Mitch Nichols, Artis Border, Dimas Delgado, Nico Martinez, Bruno Pintaris, Terry Antonis, Shannon Cole, Mario Chabot, Emilio Martinez, who's with the Raw, Ryan Griffiths, and some other youth players. And Nico Martinez, and Bruno Pinatares, and Tony Popovich, and, and Andreas Carrasco, <laughs> and Zelko Kalach. It's yeah. a long list, isn't it? Well, that's, <laughs> the, that's the other thing we didn't really mention before, but how much is it going to impact the Wanderers losing essentially their entire coaching staff? Before this announcement came out at the weekend, I had them right up there in yep. the race for the Premier's plate. Now... It's just throwing everything up in the air because we don't know what sort of coach Hayden Fox is, what sort of authority they'll have over that group as an interim, who they're going to bring in. It's It throws a lot of questions up in the air around the Wanderers when on the field on, in their first 11, it looked like they had all the answers. It looked a solid team. So it'd be interesting to see how the how the coaching dynamic changes that. Actually, uh, when when I guess on Sunday, sort of Sunday night, when thinking about you know mm. the initial shock, but you know I, I was thinking down the same path of you know, geez, you know this is a big loss for Wanderers. But sort of uh, given time to think, but I thought you know what, they're in, they've been 13 weeks in pre-season, yeah. and and to be honest, um, if they can't put they couldn't put together and they get foul. I don't think they can blame too much Tony Popovich's departure for no. it. I think this squad would, would have sunk or swum with with or without But will Popovich, a new coach so bring in new ideas that's, and change that's things around key, a bit? That's the question. It depends on how long Hayden Fox is, is the caretaker. Yeah. If, it depends who comes in. If it's a if it's Ante Milicic, for example, I think there'd be continuity. Yeah. But if it's a Josip Gombau or I can't believe he's in the reckoning, but Mark Rudin from a, you know, from a, I don't know how the fans are going to react to that. But I can't wait to see that reaction. If that, that, is, yeah, that, <laughs> yeah. that is just there. Yeah, that, Whose reaction? The Sydney FC fans or the Wanderers fans? But um, but yeah, look, I think that that's I think the key to it all is whether how long Hayden Fox is there, if how quickly yeah. they change. Then it, it does start questions. But I think the squad, as such as results, at least the first half of the season, yeah. I think they've got, if they're, they're either going to succeed with or without. Popovich, to be honest. Yeah. All right, so what do you say we move on from the Wanderers then? Yep, talked enough about them. Yep, Central Coast Mariners. In Tom Hiarish, Vut Brahma, Alan Barrow as Drubal, Ben Kennedy, Danny De Silva, Tom Glover, Anthony Golick, Andrew Hull, Josh Rose, and Kai Rolls, formerly of the Brisbane Roar. Mm-hmm. Out, Roy O'Donovan, Jacques Fatty, Mikhail Tavares. Ah, they, did play, they did actually play yeah. last year, yeah. Go figure. Fabio Ferreira, Nick Montgomery, Scott Galloway, Jacob Poscalero, yep. Paul Izzo, Ivan Nachevsky, and youth players. Yep. Now, this is now Paul Ocon's team. Yes, yep. this is Paul Ocon's team. And you know what? This, I'm actually a really big fan of the way that he's built this squad. It does look good, doesn't it? I don't know if they're title contenders, but I feel like they're going to be the pain-in-the-ass side that's yep. probably going to yeah. really screw up anyone's you know picking competition. The more I look at this team, the more I like it. That's the thing. That's I. The, you're right. The two midfielders from the Netherlands look a really solid combination. The one question I have is: Is there enough goals in the team? Because so, they've lost O'Donovan and a, and Montgomery and a couple of others who scored and Ferreri scored all their goals last year. Have they replaced those goals with what they've brought in? And can they get more out of some of the young guys who they've developed? Or will Danny De Silva be that sort of playmaker yeah. that? He'll just kick it, and it doesn't matter who's there, and they'll score. I, I look. I think Central Coast Mariners' um, chances live and die by the performances of their, their imports. Like, yeah. you know, um, how many you know, teams is that true for, though? Yeah. Well, yeah, that, that's exactly. But I think more All so 10. than anything, I think for the Mariners, if probably at the top of the list where they're if if their uh, imports fail. They're going to they're going to be the wooden spoon again because I, I think it's it's all pinned on them. Look, I think Dane De Silva. He's he, look. We knew when he left here, he was a fantastic prospect. 
it'd be interesting to see whether he can recapture that or even has improved since yeah. with yeah. the glory. And I actually think as well, Tom Glover, you know, at the back, if should he eventually, you know, gain the if he gains the number one spot from Ben Kennedy, yeah. um, I'm not sure if he actually ready is the number one, but I think he'll be also key. So look, there's a lot of um, X factor and a lot of wildcard about the Mariners. Mm. I was just going to say that they've put, the last couple of years they've been struggling, obviously, but they've put a lot of games in guys like Harry Ascroft, Jake McGing, Trent Bahaja, Liam Rose, Josh Bingham. Is that about to pay off for them now where they've got some really good young players with some first-team experience that are about to kick on and really do some good things for them? Because if they can kick on and the, and the foreigners go well, they're absolutely a finals team. Yeah, that's right. I do have questions about Tom Glover, though. They did sign him from Tottenham, so how good can he be? <laughs> <laughs> which, team, which team from North London is in the Champions League this year? Chelsea? <laughs> that's not North London. <laughs> <laughs> Close enough. Anyway, yeah, I, I quite like the way the Mariners have built their squad this year, and yeah, you're right. Goals could be a problem, but you, there's just yeah. so much of an unknown about it, and yeah. if the imports do fire, even half of them, yeah. Why not? But also as well, just quick, just quickly on that, you know, their, their pre-season form, if you can take anything away, it's been very, very erratic though. They go yeah. from getting beaten by Blacktown City, who actually, you know, went on, yeah. on with it, you know, sort of yeah. in a way in the FA Cup, you know, but also as well, they, they beat uh, Melbourne Victory yeah. very well as well. So it's hard to know, like with pre-season, but you know, if the, if the team that shows up to beat yeah. the Victory, you know, well, shows up week in, week out, they're, they're going to be a threat. Is that just improvement in, along the way that they've, beat victory because I think they've gotten better through preseason, which is what you'd want like the Raw got better as their preseason went on if the Mariners are likewise that's just progression which is, means they're challenging the top teams now which is fantastic and one last point on the Mariners is you've got the guys like De Silva who will hopefully be competing for a soccer spot come the World Cup I don't know if, if he has it, if he has a breakthrough year here he'll absolutely be on the plane to but that's what I mean like how many of these assuming go- soccerers get there of course they will but <laughs> That's what that's what I mean though. Like, how many of these guys are going to be extra motivated? Because I feel like these seasons in particular, yeah. you see a lot of players seem to step it up a notch in terms of quality of yeah. play because they've got something tangible. I mean, more than club yeah. honours, of course, to play for at the end of the year. And Ange Postecoglou has shown in the past he's prepared to give A League players an opportunity if they impress. So there is absolutely for every Australian player around the league, there's an opportunity there if you perform. That's right. All right, let's move on to the Newcastle Jets. Got in Roy O'Donovan, Glenn Moss, Daniel Georgievsky, Ronnie Vargas, Nikolai Topol Stanley, Dimian Costa Petrados, Mario Chabot. A two for one deal. Must have been Jake Adelson and Joey Champness from the Raw. Ben Kennedy, uh, Ben Kennedy, Daniel Mullen, Andrew Hull, Alexander Coco, Matteo Poliak, Labano Haliti, Morton Nordstrand, Marlele, Harry Sawyer, and some other youth players. I'm just reading off the list. Yeah. I was getting. <laughs> No, they've got they've recruited really well Newcastle. I mean, Georgeski won the the medal on Grand Final Day as the best player on the field. I'm not sure if he really was, but he won the medal. So that's a solid piece of recruitment for them. And Roy O'Donovan has proven in this league. Absolutely. He really he, he's scored goals consistently on a Mariners team that was young and up and coming. Now he's on a team with a much more stable attacking nucleus around him with Petrados and Vargas. So they've got. I think they've got a good chance. Well, you, mean, you mentioned um, Rob Vargas, and I think he, for, for mine, he's the, the wild card in the pack for for the Jets. That he, like I said, if he is here, and, you know, it's fair dinkum, he could be a very, very welcome addition, not only to the Jets, but also to the A-League in general. I think for me, the question for the Jets, much like their F3 rivals, is are the goals there? Yeah. Because like, outside of O'Donovan, it does look a bit mm, thin up front. And even O'Donovan can have dry patches, yeah. as any striker can, so... I don't know. And Ernie Merrick is the coach. 
he'll be good for yeah. a one-liner, I'm sure. Yeah, it's a, it's an intriguing one. Mm. You know, I, th- I thought that you know some more up and coming sort of coaches out there at the moment that you know they sort of look at, look. No, no one can um, stake Ernie Merrick's place, I guess, in the history mm. of the A League. You know, and if they've gone for experience, you know, then they've got they've got it. But you know, just I just wonder if this progressive yeah. Newcastle Jets team whether he's the right fit. But yeah, so look, do I actually. We'll but we'll wait and see, I guess. After after the way that he left Wellington, kind of out of ideas and. If you yeah, listen to you their fans, the they've kind of given up in their, yeah. in their mind. So Has it passed him by? Exactly, yeah. yeah. That's, that's my question. But you know what? You can't. You can't sort of, yeah, like, it was, I guess we'll see. Seven yeah. years outside the finals, you can't blame Newcastle for trying to get get a coach who's taken teams to the finals because everywhere Merrick's gone, he's taken teams to the finals, including in Wellington. Exactly. And I could easily see him having like a solid first season and then falling off in year two. You just never know. And that's mm. the joy of football. Yeah. That's going to be it for this segment of the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. Welcome back to the Brisbane Football Review, A-League Season Preview Edition. It's James Scott and Adam with you, part of the Daily Football Show Fan Network. I think that's everything I had to include. Sounds about right. Yeah, close enough. Anyway... Yeah, so, don't worry. <laughs> Sorry, we've just had a whole lot of sugar or caffeine, so we're all just completely out of it right now. Anyway, let's move on to the Raw's opposition with the rest of Australia, starting with Melbourne victory. Inns, Reese Williams, Thomas Deng, Costa Barbarousas, Mark Milligan, Matthias Sanchez, Leroy George, Christian Theo something or other. Theo Harris. Theo Harris, thank you. Jinx. <laughs> That's not going to work on the radio. Josh Hope, Cameron McG- McGilp? And Pierce Waring. Outs Daniel Georgievsky, Alan Barrow, Marco Rojas, Fahid Ben Kalfala. I think he's going to be in for a really good season this year, by the way. Rashid Mahazi, George Howard, Alistair Bray, and Lucas Spinella. Strong first 11, but questionable depth, correct? Yeah, they've got the best first 11 available, but it's just the depth after that drops yeah. away. After the first 15, it drops away pretty quickly. And that's going to take a hit yeah. right from the start because Melbourne Victory, of course, are going to be missing several players with yeah, international absolutely. duty. Yeah, no, no Troisi, no Milligan, no Barbarousas this weekend. So Bruce, is not, Bruce is not going away with... I haven't away? seen anything no, about no, that, no, but you may right. want to check your yeah. social platforms on Uface and MyBook and whatnot. Yeah, all of those. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But, so that does kind of remove Melbourne Victory's margin for error a little bit. It, it does. It means that, you know, those weeks, like round one, November and whatnot, they are going to have to... And the Champions League as well when that kicks off. Oh, good. That's going to work out well for them. I think I think that there, right there, is probably... Even though, obviously, there might be a January window that they could, they could probably bolster, but yeah. between now and then, I think that's the key to all. If they, if they get injuries, their, their campaign could you know, run off the rails very mm. quickly. But as long as that first, say, the top 15 players or so yeah. are fit and healthy and firing, they are going to be right in this. Well, the player that I'm actually really interested in seeing is Reese Williams. Now, we saw him in the FFA Cup at Perry Park against the Raw, and that combination between him and Mark Milligan was excellent. Yeah, and he could probably fill a little bit of that void when Milligan is away, hopefully helping the Socceroos qualify for Russia. Hopefully. And anyway, Wiesel does have that versatility. So does Matthias Sanchez. And the one question mark I have over their best 11 is at left back with Lee Broxham. I just think if they could upgrade that position slightly, they would be the near the absolute favourites for the you- competition. If they could keep that team on the park every week. It's the one week spot in their 11 left back. Losing Rojas is going to really yeah. impact their attacking ability, but they've got... I'd but say, Bruce is a good in for him as a replacement, though. Yeah, and I think Rojas, 
he probably filled a little bit more of that playmaker role, and Barbarus is just an out-and-out yeah. goal scorer. Now, you know, I can't wait to see that competition between Barisha and Rojas, yeah. and may they, you know, yell at each other a lot. <laughs> Leroy George would be an interesting one. Is he more of a playmaker, or is he just another goal-scoring type winger? That'd be an interesting one to watch. Definitely. But, yeah, I think Victory have plenty of reason to be optimistic for yeah. the coming season, and, yeah, let's see how it goes. Yeah, there's a lot of teams who would be very happy to have their roster. Absolutely. All right, so let's move on to Melbourne, the blue part. Yeah. The city ones. Yep. <laughs> All right, so Inns, Eugene Galikovic, Scott Jamison, Jacopo LaRocca, Stefan Mork, Bart Schenkenveld, Marcello Karuska, Martin Budzinski, Ross McCormack on an injury replacement deal, John Roberts, Remy Najirin, that's close enough anyway, Connor Metcalf, <laughs> James Delianov. Outs, Nicholas Colazzo, Josh Rose, Corey Gramero, who I think is going to be in for a very good season, <laughs> yeah. Steve Kuzminovsky, Paolo Retre, Ivan Franjic, Thomas Sorensen, and Anthony Caceres. They haven't had the most even start yet. It's been a little bit up, a little bit down. They looked really out of their depth in the FFA Cup against Sydney FC, but they did look very good when we saw them play against Redlands. Not Redlands, uh, Pen Power. Yeah, they, 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 that was much earlier in the preseason. Look, I'm not sure what to make of Melbourne City, to be honest with you. They've got a lot of good players, but are they going to click together? That's the one question mark I have over them. And their striking depth is a little bit yeah, iffy too. because it's four and out till January or whatever it is. And Tim Cahill in and out with Socceroos duty. Are they going... Like, how much of a gap can Ross McCormick fill? Oh, look, I think um, of all the, all the teams you know, across, I think as, as <coughs> this guy said, now the, the City have got the biggest question of them all because they can either be very, very good. If you look on paper, you know, they've got you know, some good imports. You now, Ross McCormick, it depends which one shows up. Yeah. You know, he, he was you know, a terrible Aston Villa, but you now before that, you now Fulham, he was, he'll do. If, if he brings that form, he'll be formidable. So, and like some of the other, some of these other imports that come in, like they're not the big superstar imports that we've seen, we associate with City Football Group. So, it's a very, very solid squad. Questions about yeah. Warren Joyce yeah. as as coach. There's so much mystery. And, they, and that's, I think the theme with them, they'll either be really good or they could be really bad. I can't see yeah. them being really bad, though. I could absolutely see it happening. But what they do have, if the the senior players do fellas, they've got the best youth in the country if you look at guys like Ruan Tongyik, Dennis Jean Rao, Daniel Arzani, Daniel Piraeus who played made his debut as a fifteen year old against the Raw last year. They've got some really good young players that they can throw in if required. And so they've got very good depth in that respect. Absolutely and with that depth as well with Warren Joyce, yeah. he made his name as a youth team Absolutely coach. Absolutely he did. He might know the best way to bring along... And he's used to coaching teams where his best players were always taken away from him for various reasons. Like at Man United, the best youth players would go out on loan or get taken to the senior team and he'd have to make do with what was left. So he's shown he's adaptable and able to get results in that respect. So... If only City had the budget to overcome some of those hardships. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> well, actually, to your point, I actually think they've gone too much the other way. And, like, you know, we know that they've got some, you know, fantastic, you know, youth prospects coming through. It makes you wonder why they recruit players like a Jacopo or a Rocker or even, mm. you know, much like Karuska. You know, if he put, puts in what he did last year for Adelaide, it makes you wonder why they'd waste the time with that when they've got some good youngsters coming through. So it's almost like, you know, I'm not sure if Warren Joyce had all the recruiting, you know, saying things. It seems like it's... I don't think he would have, really. You look at the so. recruitment they made, it doesn't look like they're Warren it's, Joyce it, sort it of seems to be very all over the place as far yeah. as, you know, you've, you, as we've said, they've got good youth, but then they bring in these experienced, you know, close to being over the hill players. You know, it makes you wonder. So Adam's point, Michael Petrillo, I think their CEO from Adelaide, LaRocca from Adelaide, 
Kuroska from Adelaide, it seems like he's running the recruitment show. Does that mean I have to stop making the jokes about City raiding the raw stocks? Yes. Okay, but I can still do it for Victory. Yeah, right? Victory is that's still... City yeah. City are just going in a different direction. It's fine. Okay, that's yeah. fine. Just yeah, as long yeah. as I can still make yeah, some... Yeah, they're going west. Yeah. yeah. Alright, so we're going to keep going over to Perth. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot about Wellington. Oh. So did the FFA. Ding, <laughs> 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 ding. Well, let's face it. They're not going to be in the league before too long. In for Wellington. Send your complaints to... <laughs> James at Brisbane Football Review. <laughs> oh, I make I'm going to no make that email now. Yeah. I make no secret... You've got to make the website first. Yeah. I make no secret of it. I honestly don't think Wellington belong in the A-League. They bring absolutely nothing to the competition. When you've got the- Can we go through their ins and outs? Do I have to? Yes. Okay. Goran Paraki, Dario Vitasic, Andrea Kaludrovic. Hey, I remember him. Ali Abbas, Daniel Mullen, Scott Galloway, and Luis Italiano. Outs, you've got Glenn Moss, Rolly Bonavazia, Alex Rodriguez... Uh, Luis Italiano in Zander out Costa Barbarossa yeah. Vince Lear and Louis Fenton he left and came back good for him yep. alright anyway so yeah not a fan of Wellington in the league yep. they don't add any value whatsoever and I would much rather see that spot allocated to Canberra Tasmania you know the other cold places that no one likes to go okay, <laughs> okay. so you, you you good you got that you got that rant done Oh, I'll have plenty more for this season okay. don't worry in all seriousness they're an, un- they're an unknown quantity this team there's a lot of players here that you just, that could be anything. I mean, Kaludrovic scored 7 and 16 for the Raw, but I don't think he ever really convinced anyone. He was the long-term answer, now a year, two years away. He's back. Interesting to see how he goes. Vitasic, last seen for the Wanderers, was a squad player type. Same with Ali Abbas, Daniel Mullen. Scott Galloway is another interesting one at fullback, but I just... they got some interesting players, I just don't know how, how well it'll click together. They do at least have guys that you want to see do well. Like Kaludrovic, yeah. I remember him at the Raw. I hope for the best yeah, for I him. Yeah, I hope he goes well. Ali Abbas, definitely hope for the best for him. He was a good guy to follow mm-hmm. and one of the few likable things about Sydney FC when he was there. And he also came through some, you know, if you really uh, believe the news reports, he actually <laughs> going through some tough times over in Korea. So let's hope for his sake that he can actually get his career, his professional career back on track. And there's a few question marks over... As James just looks over there with a panic attack. But no, there's a few question marks over Wellington's team, but it's the biggest ones are in, in goal, where 18 year old Keegan Smith is apparently, according to reports in New Zealand, in line to make his debut as the first choice goalkeeper this weekend. Sure. So that'd be interesting not? to see how that pans out for him. Yeah, uh, I, I yeah, can't see a bright future for Wellington this year. Uh, yeah, I. You were taking to make the no, finals out to prove you wrong. Yeah, no. Look, I think as well. It's uh, and I think of of all teams that need a team that is going well to drive the fans, you know, to drive that. to need it, and unfortunately, I just I just don't see it. I think their I think their membership, their their attendance numbers, and all the stuff that really got them drew the ire of you know fans on this side of the pitch, plus the FF, of the ditch, I should say, and the FFA. I think it may come mm. to fruition, you know, probably around about December. So, <coughs> what are we in? They got that four-year extension, I believe. That was two years ago. Yeah. yeah okay. So in they're year in three. year three of that. It really is a case now yeah. of prove why you belong. Yeah. Like e- even mm. then, I'd be. Sa- I would also say the same things about Central Coast and Newcastle. Yeah. Absolutely. If yeah. they weren't slightly more established, but yeah, I like you take a look at. Wellington games their ratings are half of what any other game is and it just doesn't add up I think it's also the, I think the only sort of benefit for the moment from Fox Sports' point of view that it adds that extra time zone you know as far as that they can actually have you know on a Sunday they can have 
have you know the game in Wellington, a W League game, then the afternoon game. So as far as sketching goes, it's great. But look, if that's the only positive you can say, then you know they've got a long way to go. I'm good. Yep. Okay. <laughs> now let's actually go on to Perth Glory yeah. this time. Wondering why we're not recording this episode yeah. in Perth, of yeah. course. <laughs> Perth has to host everything. <laughs> in, Scott Neville, Jacob Poscolero, Mitch Nichols, Jake Brimmer, Andre Javi Torres, Daniel Steins, and Joseph Knowles. Out, Dino Julbich, Josh Risden, Roston Griffith, Nabojan Marinkovic, Richard Garcia, Mitch Oxborough, Reese Williams, Aaron Williams, Lucian Goyan, Costa Petrados, and Jordan Thurtell. Really now, Mitch Oxborough you, you don't, Yeah, I was going to say, you don't think Mitch Oxborough's going to have a good year? I think he is going to have a very good year. <laughs> I was getting ready to actually yeah. set up for this joke, though. Unlike the ARU, the FFA haven't abandoned Perth. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so they've gone for a distinctly Spanish flavour with their recruitment. Are they a little bit too top-heavy, Adam? Uh, look, I think I think so. I think, um, again, their attack could produce anything, and anything, anything in a positive way, but I worry about their defensive... Yep. defensive so I do think I. Roston Griffiths is a huge loss for them. Um, I think he was sort of that, that heart and soul, that team, you know, and I just think, yeah, they, I think they could struggle a little bit. You know, and, but the X Factor, again, will be that Spanish combination of yeah. Xavi Torres and Diego Castro. They put together, you know, Adam Taggart scores a few goals as well, long periphery, they might be, they might go okay. I think Xavi Torres can replace Griffiths on the field in terms of what he can do, but the leadership of Roston Griffiths was really important for them last year. But that's also where the guys yeah. that have been around yeah. for a but little while, like Taggart, yeah. like yeah. Castro, really do need to step and up. To Adam's point, though, the defense and, and does look well. really really light on. It looks just look like they're a centre-back short with Poscolero, Alex Grant, and Shane Lowry. That's the three centre-backs on the roster. I mean, you just look at that and think... Good luck with that. Could they have, re- should, could they have really just gone and got one more centre-back in and also to fill the... Just a leader type in the back. That's a big loss as well. Do they still have room in their recruitment, though? I don't know if they do, actually, because they've brought in a lot of players, but they've just seemed... Because they've brought in three central midfield players this year. So they've strengthened there quite a lot more, but just the back line... Of, cause they've got, Joseph Mills or Mark Warren at left back, there's a lot of questions. If they can keep enough clean sheets. They'll be good at home. It's just on the road will they be that defence good enough. But they never play on the road. Well, they'll be fine then, won't they? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to move on to Adelaide United. Inns, Johan Absalonson, Karim Matmur, Daniel Adlung, Ersan Gulam, Paul Izzo, George Blackwood, Vince Lear, Lachlan Brook, and Daniel Margrush. Outs, Sergio Thierio, Marcello Karuska, Jacopo LaRocca, Kim Jae-sung, Riley McGree, who's falling over himself with excitement for his overseas move, <laughs> Eugene Galekovic, Dylan McGowan, Ellie Babal, George Mells, Jesse Macarunas, John Hall, and Mark Marino. No one there that I think is going to have a good score. <laughs> but new coach, there's a little bit of reason to be excited for them. Yeah. The name that hasn't been mentioned is Papa Diawara, who came in mid-season. Yep. Boy, he could have a really good year. He could be used as going to be another X Factor as well, depending on what he can give them. I think their ch- their chance is almost right on his boot, basically. If he's able to score the goals, they'll be right back where they were. But I know Adam's really, really mm. keen on Adelaide. I'm not as keen on them as he is. I think they come in from a low base, which is why they've got such room for improvement. But they have they've recruited quite well. I just I don't think they're going to be quite as good as a lot of people seem to think. Look, I think for me, just looking at their recruiting, looking at you know what Marco Kurtz has already done there. I know it's I know it's preseason, you know, and they've got FA Cup semi-final to to look forward to. But 
look, I think their recruiting has been very, very you know, shrewd, I guess. You know, Absalonson's going to be good. Um, Urson Gullum is a very shrewd signing as well. So. Someone who could have actually represented Australia from my he, research. Yeah, I played on the 23s or something and then chose Turkey. So. Good for him. Yeah, so, and look, and that's, I think they are... Um, if it all go comes together for them, you know, as I said, new I think new ideas like more than anything else. Like it's a, mm. they started sort of German in a while yeah. than you know, Mr. Broich. Mm-hmm. Um, I said sort of German influence more so than everything, you know, coming coming out. And I think it, it, you know, we'll see what happens, you know. But I think yeah. for me, they're a real dark horse yeah. if they can put it together. It's a complete turnover though from the side that won the A League Grand Final 18 months ago. There's not many players left from that really. It's only Maroney, Elsie, and Elrich that are left. Everyone else who played that day including the coach, are gone. But so that's a heck of a lot of turnover in 18 months from a championship-winning team. Definitely. And with that much turnover, you wonder how quickly that side's going to get it all together. And with that in mind, I yeah. think, you know, I can see Adelaide having a very slow yeah. start, but then making a late charge. Yeah, but then again, slow starts to them is not, nothing unusual. Yeah, so. exactly. They love a slow oh, start no, in We're not going to do that again this year, are we? I hope not. <laughs> all right, what do you say we call time on segment three? Just before we do that, I reckon oh, if... No, if, <laughs> but, uh, back to Elston Gulam. I reckon if who's sitting asked me to play for Turkey, I'd probably consider it too. Why not? But anyway. Uh, actually, yeah. All right, so that's going to be <laughs> yeah, segment three good. of the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. Welcome back to the Brisbane Football Review Season Preview Edition. It's James Scott and Adam for the Daily Football Show Fan Network. Let's go on to our season predictions. Okay. If you want to, I if mean... You, if you say so, I mean... Well, I am the host. We, we do yeah. know full well that this, this will be kept in the archive I know, and right. unleashed on episode 30-something, so... Just Only remember, if I'm right, which I just will remember, be. If, you, if you pick the order, miss the finals like someone here did last year, it will come back and bite mm. you. <laughs> <Yeah>, moving on. <laughs> All right, so let's start with uh, Brisbane-specific predictions. Obviously, we covered the team in general in season in segment one. Who's going to be the player of the season for them this year, Adam? Uh, look, I, I had Eric Borthiak down as, but I don't even know if he's visa. They'll even let him into the country the way yeah. it's going at the moment. So still, I think it's just a slow process. I saw Vince Rigari mm. tweet today that... I can't believe that's the way we report news now, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw Vince Rigari tweet that like it's just a slower than expected process. There, there, there are obviously yeah. You know, we don't want to get too well, much. Well, he fit when he gets here. That's the problem. But yeah, like I said, if he if he hit the ground running, it'd be a different story. But look, I look, I think talent wise, I still think he could be you know vital to the raw this season. I, I think you know he comes with, you know with great pedigree. So look, you know why not? Like I said, it worked for Corona a couple of years ago. So look, it's we're putting our faith in him. And we have seen. Like at the fan forum on Friday night, which, by the way, thank you everyone for participating in. It made me a lot less awkward up there. And, <laughs> Slightly less awkward. Yeah, well, there's only so far I can go. Um, yeah, pl- uh, Eric Bortiak, I think Aloisi is very, very eager to get him on board by the sounds of it. So you've gone with Bortiak as... That's that's my pick for okay. player season, despite the issues. Scott? Uh, so I'll, if, as a player who will link everything together Brett Holman he's going to be the link between the midfield and Borchak and Macaroni I think if he fires the Raw will be well on their way to scoring the goals required Brett Holman well I would love to disagree with you there Scott but I can't I think Brett Holman you always is... dis- like disagreeing with me so I don't lie 
I like disagreeing with anyone. Exactly. That's just me. But, yeah, I think Brett Holman's going to be the key here. He's got a full preseason yeah. with the team now. And if he can stay healthy, I can yeah. see him, you know, pushing 10 goals. Because yeah, I just look at the attacking third. He's the one player I don't see a like-for-like replacement for. If he's out for an extended period, I'm not sure who would play in that. Ben Kalfala. Probably. But then, who? yeah, then they'd play with Scapettas on the right or something. But And Bortiak and yeah. Brady. And, yeah. like, that. that's a... Not to get too far into this, but I feel like that's a good thing about yeah. the Roys. They do have two players that can play in every spot, maybe with varying degrees of success. Yeah. But oh, exactly. Like uh, Ben Kalfala, he wouldn't be your first pick for number ten, but he'll do the job. Yeah. So there seems to cover all across that that attacking and sort of midfield line. And Ben Kalfala is probably going to have to hit the ground running with the aforementioned Bortiak situation. Yeah. Who's going to be the top goal scorer? I'll start. Yeah. I'm going to say Macaroni. He kind of has to be. Yeah, it better be Macaroni. <laughs> But the only way that I could see someone else doing... Well, macaroni for you, Scott? Yes, for me. Yep, macaroni okay. for me. Well, rather than just saying, yeah, well, he's 38, played Serie A what, yep. and whatnot, the only way I can see it being someone else is if someone like Pettis Capetis comes in and just starts nailing goals off the bench and Aloisi has no choice but to start Even it. then, I think it would take an injury to Macaroni for someone to get enough playing time up in that final third to score the goals. It may very well, but Macaroni could very easily start to play that sort of linking hold-up yeah. man role where he starts to feed in Scapetis yeah. because everyone's saying, oh, there's the big angry Kevin Musket lookalike, yeah. let's mark him. <laughs> that's oh, that's just one way I can actually see it playing out. I, th- I think, you know, whereas in the past, that you know, obviously with Jay McLaren, you know, he set the benchmark with 20 goals. You know, and that, and no, he was by far and away the you know, the leading Brisbane Royal goal scorer. Look, I think this season, I think, you know, to be top goal scorer amongst the Raw could be eight, nine goals. Because I believe that, you know, if the Raw can be successful, it's going to be spread out yeah. across, you know, five or six different players, you know, in attack rather than relying on one outlet, you know. So I think I, I think Macaroni will be top scorer, but I, like I said, I'm not saying he's going to score 20 goals. No, no chance. I think, I think be it's going to be... Somewhere between nine and 20 yeah, exactly. where he'll end up. Somewhere around there. I think... Well, just looking last year, we did say, you know, goals were a problem for them last year, even with a couple of high-scoring <laughs> fixtures later on in the year. I'd say, well, 43 goals last year. I feel like they're going to need to probably get closer to 50. Oh, actually, yeah. they're going to need to break 50, I think. I'd say so. But all that being said, why not? All right, so breakout player of the year. Oh, I think it's already so, over, to be honest. Unless unless he, unless he breaks something, that's uh, Peter Capetis, I think. You're giving it to him on preseason, eh? Pretty much. <laughs> well, he's the only one who's shown any yeah. massive advancement. It's, so look, he, just needs, he just needs to show up and... <laughs> Continue that form solidly throughout the season. And I think for me, he'd be the best. He'd be the breakout it's player. An interesting season. one because Coletti and Dagerson had their breakout last year, so they got their. Yeah, so I can't really take. Coletti yeah, it's hard to include those two guys in this discussion. I think he, Coletti actually won Breakthrough Player of the Year for the at the awards night. So can he win? Could it break through two years? <laughs> yeah. Ago? Look, oh, look, oh, no, actually, to be honest, I think he can. You know, at the moment, you know, he he did play a yeah. bit of a cameo role yeah. in the back end of the season. You know, if he, somehow, some way, his form warrants that he plays, you know. You know, twenty to twenty-seven games. You know, that I think that I think alone's a breakthrough. So, look, I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule a line through him. I just, I just said my choice is Scapettis. I think Adam's right, by the way. I think it will be Scapettis. Yeah, we'll look, we'll look at him as the player who will break through. And actually, I just remembered what I, we were talking about on Friday as well with the uh, player of the season. I'm going to change mine from Brett Holman to Luke Devere. Okay, but I, yep. I think he's going to have to have a good season this year, yep. and. 
obviously he wants to get in the Socceroos, and like I was talking yeah. about in the previous segment, I think he's going to have a big year. Can't believe I forgot about that. Actually, I can, because, you know, man. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's go over to the A-League predictions. Johnny Warren medal. I've got Adrian from Sydney FC. I've just picked Troisi because we're all just guessing here. Uh, look, I agree. Um, Adrian uh, Majewski, I think he's... Um, yeah, look, I I think he is a, he looks a level above you know, at the he's, moment. He's got Ninkovic in his side, though, who is a, an absolute favourite of both fans and also a lot of the media who vote on this thing, I think. It's so. the eyes. I just can't help but So stare I just him. think they might take votes off each other, which is what I've gone for Troisi, but... If I think if they're winning every almost every week, yeah. Look, uh, look, uh, it's, it's a valid well, point. Who said they're going to be winning every week? Oh, look, I'd be, I'd be shocked did. if they weren't. <laughs> true. All right, that means it must be true, right? And <laughs> look, young player of the year. Screw it. Let's just go with Skipetis because. No, I'm going Danny <laughs> De Silva. Danny De Silva. Okay. Yeah. Right, he, he's actually, only twenty. Yeah. I'm actually on the Tom Glover's um, bandwagon here. I think. Um, look, I, I think if Mariners are going to, you know, do well this season, like I look, I agree, Danny De Silva as well. I think he he's a prime candidate yeah. for the. He's um, the obvious pick, really. Yeah, he? but I, but I also think that you know defensively that would be where you know Mariners if they're going to succeed this season, that's where they need to be, and I yep. think Tom Glover will be an integral part of that. All right. So now we're going to go on Skipetis? Yep, Skipetis. Okay. Yeah. If he plays as well as he's shown in preseason, I don't see why he wouldn't be. Okay. All right, so we're going to move on to the ladder predictions, and we're going to start off with the bottom end of the league, Wellington. Great. You told me you had them top of the table, James. <laughs> no, I had them top of my list, which is the wooden spoon. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, I do agree. I think they'll be a lot better than what both of you think they're going to be, but I do think they'll be the 10th well, place finisher this year. Just... Oh, I would like to preface my predictions by saying I think this is going to be a phenomenally close league. Yeah. Like we were talking about just before we got to this segment, saying last year it was 44 points between Sydney FC at the top and Newcastle Jets at the bottom, and 45 yeah. between Sydney FC and eighth place Mariners. So, you know, yeah, I, we were talking about off air when we started recording this segment how hard it was to to put to put these put the ladder together. So mm-hmm. I think it's going to be very difficult. And I think it's going to be a very, <coughs> very close competition this year. And I only hope for a competition and entertainment standpoint, we do have, you know, weeks 25, 26, 27. Yeah. You have teams that could finish anywhere from like second to eighth. Yeah, you look, don't I, want too many teams cut adrift, do you? Look, I actually think the 30 points might not be enough to actually, um, may not actually be enough to, uh, like, to get the wooden spoon. I mean, this is, you know, we have this debate every year about actually winning the wooden spoon and whatnot. But yeah, I, I think, yeah. You, 30 points, whereas I think last year it was, it was 22. Yeah. Um, before that, I think Mariners fit before that was even less, than, well yeah. less than that. So so just hold off sending your wooden spoons to Wellington, James. Just wait. Okay. Just wait a couple of weeks. Definitely. I'll save it for <laughs> when they come to the Gold Coast. Okay. <laughs> All right. So uh, up next, we've got the three teams that are going to miss the finals. For that, I've got Newcastle, Perth, and Western Sydney Wanderers. Now, Wanderers... That's purely because of the fact that they're going to be searching for a coach probably for the next fortnight at least. Mm-hmm. And if they aren't, it means they're going to have to find someone in a fairly rash decision in my mind. Okay. No, that's just fair. Like I so said, for, for my um, three that missed out, I've, uh, two out of three, like I think I mean, Perth finished ninth. Mm-hmm. I've got uh, Melbourne City in eighth. I'm just, yep. I'm just not sold on their recruiting. I think, you know, as on paper, it looks, looks you know, a half-decent team. I just don't know if they'll put it together. Yeah. And like I said, but with that said, you know, it doesn't. I'm not saying they're going to lose every game or they're going to be hopeless. I think it just they're going to miss the, the the vital games. That's where they're going to miss yeah. out on points, and that'll be enough to see them miss out. And I think Newcastle will just miss out on seven. Now that being said, like 
the three teams that I've got missing out, I could very easily see all a scenario mm. where they all make the finals. Absolutely, yes, I agree with that. I can't believe you stole my predictions. <laughs> I have Perth in ninth because they got no defenders. Melbourne City eighth because I'm not sold on them, and Newcastle seventh just missing oh, out. Great minds think alike. But I think I, we like, spend way you, too much time together. Know, yeah. Unlike you, I don't think I'm. I think Newcastle could make the finals. I, I really can't see. Certainly Perth making it. Melbourne City would be a late run. Yeah, for, for, they're for just me, they're just missing too many players early on. Yeah, for me Perth, I think they're tra- the travels the issue. They 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 think they never eventually. travel there. Well, <laughs> yeah, that being, that being said, I think, yeah, I think them, and then that also as well, I say about Wooden Spoon Wellington as well, I think where they're going to fall down more than just their site is, is the travel. I think that's a real problem for the, uh, I think the distance derby, derby will be also the Wooden Spoon you know Derby this year. I'm going to change something just to be different. Perth 10th, Wellington 9th. Ooh. Hello, Firepost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So we're going to move on to the... Uh, fifth and sixth place teams that are going to just make the finals. I've got Central Coast in sixth and Adelaide in fifth. Stop stealing my predictions. At least with him. Yeah, at least with me this time. I think Mariners, I'm, I'm a big fan of what yeah. Paul Ocon's doing there, and I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. The more I look at Central Coast, the more I like what I see. I mean, I, I do think there's things that could go wrong there, and they could make us look foolish by finishing near the bottom, but I'd, I just think they've got a good team there this year. Yeah. With a coach who's got the players he wants now, he showed he could get something out of players last year. I think they'll be good. And Adelaide, I think, will start slow, and I think they'll end up in the finals. Mm. But I don't think they're going to be much higher than fifth. Uh, with the Mariners, I think, yeah, consistency might be an issue for yeah. them, but there will be marked progress from yeah. last year. The guy I got um, with you guys, I think uh, Central Coast can finish sixth and make the finals. And for fifth, I've got Brisbane Raw. Wow! I think Send your Adam, was a pes- Adam was a pessimistic one last year. So. Yeah, look, Tom, I'm just carrying on tradition. Look, at least he's got him in the finals this year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like again, I'm, I'm I sort of just yeah caution the fact that you know I think yeah. it's not so that I don't believe them. And look, at the end of the day, we all we all around this table. You know, I think that we hope that they can yeah. win it. Just but just sort of putting it all together, I just think yeah, they're just going to finish just short of sort of top four and whatnot. So so an away final according to Adam. Okay, I've yep. got to start saving up for plane tickets. Yep. <laughs> All right, so on to third and fourth. I've got Melbourne. Yep, thank Melbourne. you. Both. Oh, okay. <laughs> which one's fourth, which one's third? Good question. Anyway, Adam. Uh, no, an- answer the question. I would say... Off the fence. Victory fourth, city third. Okay. Yeah, for, for me, I've got Adelaide in fourth. Um, I look, as, as I said in the um, previous segment, I think they're the real dark horse in all this. I think you know they may they may start slow, but I think they've got a team that's very capable of, you know of really going on a run, yep. such similar to their, their championship wing team. And I actually think yeah they'll go well. I think they'll I think they match up very well against the top teams. So I've put them in fourth and in third, despite despite sort of the shock of the um, weekend with Tony Popovich leaving, I think Western Sydney Wanderers still can still finish third. They do uh, still have a good yeah. squad. That's that's yeah, yeah pretty I've much. Got the Wanderers in fourth, dropping them from first down to fourth after. Popovich news. I just think it's going to unsettle them enough, and it'll be close enough at the top that they'll drop down back down to fourth. And I've got Brisbane third once again. Fair enough. Moving them up once from I had them fourth before this. Now they're up to third, but I think they're good enough to get there. If everything, if they all, if everyone's on the park and healthy, I think they'll be there. All right. It's a deeper squad than last year, so Champions League they'll be able to deal with it better. All right. So using that pattern, Adam's got the Raw finishing fifth. Scott has them finishing third. So therefore, that must yeah. mean. No, actually, it doesn't. I've got the raw finishing second. <laughs> I I do agree. It's a much deeper yep. squad than last year. And look, if you want to be 
all statistics and whatnot. John yep. Aloisi seems to hit on about half of his signings, correct? Yep, roughly. So let's assume that out of, what is it, Ben Kalfala, Macaroni, Skipidis, Bortiak. Well, just take Bortiak, Bortiak, Macaroni, and Ben Kalfala. If two of those three hit, you're in. Yeah. You're in business. Well, hang on. Where is it? Yeah, we've got that on yeah. a different sheet. But you, let's assume that half of those work out. That's a good sign. Yeah. And look, that back end was... Okay, it had some issues at times last year. I think they'll admit to that. But it was a lot better than the year before. Yeah. And if that improvement can continue... Yep. I'm just looking for a quick number here. While you do that, I've got Melbourne victory second. I just think their depth is going to leave them just short. Yep, for me, I, I agree with you on that. I think Melbourne victory just finished out. I did, I did have them on top to win yeah. it, but then yeah. I sort of thought long and hard that you know I just think that squad depth really concerns me, especially in February, mm-hmm. March, April, and the run to the finals. You throw yeah. in injuries and all that, and it is not a very deep yeah. squad. So, for that, like, I think I think they're going to be great this season. As as we've said, that we all agree that they've probably got the best you know starting eleven yeah. plus four subs in the league. Yeah. I just think they'll fall short. Yep. Anyway, so yeah. Did you find your numbers? Yes. 37 goals allowed for the Raw last year. I feel like if they stick yep. at that number and score the goals that we expect them yep. to, that's putting them a lot yeah. closer to what Melbourne victory just, did for second place last year, Just speaking of numbers, I don't have it exactly in front of me. I think it's 45 goals for and 20 against is the benchmark for what Premier's Plate teams are doing. Yeah, Sydney FC so were a massive That's, that's basically year. what you're looking at if you're trying to... Win the Premier's plate, 45 goals, so 420 against. It might be 40 goals, 425 against, actually, but something like that. And just from a numbers perspective, can they get to 50 points? I don't yeah, see why that's not. That's the other thing. That's the magic number, isn't it? 50, uh, yeah, 50s generally uh, means that you're you're going to be either the Premier or you're going to be very yeah. close to it. Mm. And by process of elimination, that I means... I think we're all boring, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, Sydney FC yeah. is back to back premiers. I think we're I think mm-hmm. we can see now. I, I think it's it's very it's very rare that you see a premier and a champion get stronger. Mm-hmm. Now I think this is what, what Graham Arnold's done in Sydney. I think you I know, don't as think much, it's gonna be by very much though. I uh, really don't think it's gonna be by very uh, much. Just well, like by just a victory not having enough depth mm-hmm. will leave them dropping points where they probably shouldn't drop points and Sydney will capitalise on it. Like any team, though, I feel like I could see a scenario where Sydney could be really, really good, but I could also see one where everything just falls apart. I where... look forward to that scenario happening. Yeah, look, and that's exactly. <laughs> I, think, I think we, I think we'll say that you know we we sort of hope in a way that you know it doesn't pan out, but I think that you know all being well and also going to norm, normality, yeah, I think they're they're gonna be very hard to top. And just quickly, Beck, who do you think is gonna uh, be the premier this year? There we go. Yeah, at least someone. <laughs> that was yeah. good if it didn't pick up. Pick it up on the microphone. So we're all going to be replaced next week. <laughs> <laughs> so, Beck, you're right to handle all the... Pr- no, okay, now I'm getting flipped off. <laughs> okay, there we go. Last time I try and include yeah. her in the show. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it's going to be a fantastic season coming up. I'm really yep. looking forward to it. Yep. And I think we come back and preview the round one game between the Roar and City. What do you Let's say? talk about some football. Yep. Woohoo! You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. Welcome back to the final segment of the Brisbane Football Review season preview special. It's James Scott and Adam. Let's talk about Friday night's game. Brisbane Raw, Melbourne City, round one of the A-League. Hallelujah, yeah. we have football. I know, finally. Five months off. We don't count the FFA Cup. <laughs> no, we're, like Raw style, we don't count it, yep. <laughs> 
All right, but before we do that, Scott, we have some plugs to get oh, through. Oh, yes, we do, see. You can get, get in contact with Twitter at Raw Review, Facebook Brisbane Football Review, Podcast Level on Wooshka and iTunes, and we have Fantasy Fantasy A-League and Fantasy and um, A-League Predictor competitions we're running this year. Our, the codes will be available on our social media. Yep. Uh, P-X-H-D-C-E-T-T for Fantasy and Predictor F-E-M-L-C-926 competitions. There are three There are three letters in there which I'll probably be using to describe my predictions after this weekend. <laughs> and just also as well, that it is on the uh, foxsports.com.au yeah. Fantasy. So, and yes. And the other important thing also is, yeah, prove how much more you know than me. Yeah. And email brisbanefootballreview at gmail.com. That too. I think that's everything. We're a little bit rusty, I knew I was right? forgetting something. We're a little bit rusty, all right? We're I didn't still... write that one down. Yeah, pushing off the rust from <laughs> yeah. last year. Anyway, Friday... It's still pre-season, isn't it? <sighs> For another couple of days. <laughs> Friday night, there is also a very cleverly scheduled W League friendly against the Gap. Yes. I believe it's a, um, it's a pre-season friendly slash 20... Oh, a celebration of women's football in Brisbane. So it's a, it'll be a good event if you can get down there. But the we understand if you want to watch the meaningful A-League a- yeah. game as well. It's a bit, the timing's a bit unfortunate, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, seems to be the theme of the Raw preseason. Like, the <laughs> friendly they had at uh, AJ Kelly Park just before the FFA Cup. <laughs> yeah, what's wrong with that? Probably wasn't ideal for either side. <laughs> well. Anyway, let's get on to it. 7.50pm local time, 6.50 in Queensland at Amy Park. Apparently, it's going to be on Fox Sports 1 this year. Yes, that's, that was the big announcement the other day. Yeah, Adam on, Peacock. Yep. So, uh, yeah, so make sure you've got your series links set up if you have Foxtel. And otherwise, good luck yeah. finding a way to watch <laughs> yeah. it. Oh, like, like I said, there's Saturday night on Channel 10, so or on 1. I'm, I'm not sure. So. On the 10 network of yeah, of fam- yeah. 10 family networks. I think it's technically networks. on 1, but yeah. 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 Anyway, all-time stats. Played 21, 1-8, drawn 9, lost 4. In Melbourne, it's played 10, 1-1, lost 6, drawn 3. So consider that when we make our predictions in a little while. Uh, yeah, last season, 1-0 at Suncorp, but the two games at Amy Park were 1-1 and 2-2 draws. Yep. But I remember there was that 2-2 draw that was a fantastic game, where City yeah. were depleted after the derby. Yeah. The 1-1 game was interesting as well, because the Raw were up 1-0, and that was the Jade North yeah, incident saying, game. Yeah. yeah, thank you, Jade North. <laughs> well, look, I think as we can establish, he felt a little yep. bit like a goose after that, yeah. and Oh, Thankfully, he hasn't done anything resembling that since. No. All right, so third straight year they were played in the opening game of the season. Of course, they were away at Wanderers, where they won yep. 3-0, and then last year they snatched that 1-1 draw after Matt Mackay said something very naughty to the ref. Yes. <laughs> Which is so out of character. No. That won't happen again on Friday at all. Sean Evans isn't in charge, is he? <laughs> I can tell you tomorrow when, the, yeah. <laughs> when everything gets announced. So it's the first time Brisbane have played City in a season opener. Yep. The record away from home in round one. Played five, one, tr- one, two, lost one, drawn two. The good thing is they've won the last two. In so, Wellington back in 2013-14 when they won the double and the Wanderers game you mentioned a couple of years ago, John Allen was his first A-League game. And you know, I honestly think there's plenty of reason to be optimistic for the Raw. Yeah. It's important for both sides to get things started yeah. and you are getting a fairly depleted Melbourne City you by are. the sounds of it. Absolutely. Well, Cahill is out. Who else is out? Fornaroli. Fornaroli be out. Someone else is missing as well, I think. Someone. I can't remember who. Someone else. Uh, Let me have a look. <laughs> not, who else they got? Oh, no, it's Victory got all the rest of the yeah, internationals. Yeah. My mistake. It's easy to get the Melbourne clubs. Yeah, taking up. those two out, those are big, big dent in their attack. Yeah, K- minus Cahill, minus Bournemouth. So <coughs> very large crater to cover mm. over. Exactly. And that's why I actually think Vic, uh, not Victory, City are going to struggle yeah. to score goals. 
Hopefully. So, first question, who would you start in goals, Adam? For the Raw. Raw. Uh, Michael Theo. If he's healthy, yeah. He didn't play at the training event last Friday. But if he's healthy, yeah, Theo. Theo? Yep. All right. Uh, back three or back four? It seems like, based on his comments, we're going back to the traditional <laughs> yeah. back four. We, never, we did not play a back three. Didn't you hear what he said? Kind of, yeah. Yeah, he's, he said we didn't play a back three. Didn't happen. No, I think I think unequivocally, I think any suggestion of back three, I think maybe dead and buried. Yeah, exactly. So, to a back four. So, yeah. assuming it would be Devere and North in the centre with Hingham yep. and Brown on either side. Given Papadopoulos hasn't played much, yeah. Yep. Mm. And then holding midfielders, Thomas Christensen, what's his status? Apparently he's out. Okay, so that, he was saying last week that he's highly unlikely to play, and I haven't heard anything different. So, and you wouldn't I risk would, him for this, no. would you? Not yeah. when you've got Joe Coletti and the midfield depth the Raw have. You can kind of leave him out for one week. Yeah, no. Joe was his press call last Friday not the at at Suncorp. Um, yeah, he did say he didn't even know when Thomas Christensen will be back, so we may not see him all of October as a worst case scenario. Uh, and yeah, I'd say ahead of them, you so have Mackay and Coletti there. Holman in front. If, if Holman's also got an injury cloud, so... Could have Ben Cuffler. Yeah, if he's on it. Well, that'll be a good test. Who is the backup number 10 if Holman doesn't play? Or D'Agostino. That's a possibility. Uh, and then on the wings, you would... I had it down as... If take out a Holman, I'd thought it'd be Gamero, Skipetis and Ben Calfella. Because Bortiak's also unavailable. Hmm. Yeah, that's fair. You could also... So, you wouldn't have D'Agostino? Bench. Okay, fair enough. And up front, obviously, Massimo Macaroni. Yeah, he looks yep. ready. I'll tell you, if he can get off to, off the mark in this game, yeah, that's going to win over a lot of yeah. doubters, especially if the goals are good ones. I think just any goals will do. Mm. And the one thing that I actually quite like from what I've seen, admittedly just mostly in warmth and whatnot, he's not afraid to shoot. Yeah. If he gets the ball, like he'll let one rip. Yeah. The other thing about this game is it's in Melbourne, and we talked about the raw record in Melbourne is hopeless. This is an excellent opportunity with everything, with all the players with him from City. To go down there, round one, right the wrong of the semi-final last year and win a game for the first time since 2014. And uh, one other quick funny stat. Do you, remember, do you know what was happened the last time the Raw played, Raw beat City in Melbourne? Oh, is it going to be like an Aaron Ramsey stat? No, 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 no. John Aloisi was playing for him. <laughs> oh, <dear. laughs> so that's how long ago it was. How about that? So... All right, well, let's take a look at City quickly. So, new era under Warren Joyce. Is Ross McCormack going to make a big debut here? I would have thought so. Is it either him or Nick Fitzgerald up front to spend on if he's fit and healthy? I think he's going to need to. If, if, if City are going to go get you know, more than you know, maybe a point out of this, um, yeah, Ross McCormack has to stand up straight away because I really can't see where else other than you know, maybe... Fitzgerald a... started in the FFA Cup game against Sydney when yeah. they had both of them out, so that would be the other option. But yeah, it it they... didn't work for him, yeah. so... Yeah. Um, all right, well, look, I'm not going to try and pretend that we can stretch this out any longer than we absolutely have to. No. What do we, we'll take a look quickly. Other round one games, Saturday, 4.35 Queensland time. It's Mariners versus Newcastle, the F3 derby. It's, it's going to be an interesting one, right? Yeah, I'm looking forward to that game. Definitely. Those uh, two sides we think will be massively improved. I want to see how, how they play. Big blue, I've got Melbourne victory against Sydney FC Who in cares? Melbourne. Sydney FC are going to win this because Who Melbourne cares? victory is so depleted. Yeah, no, Who they're, cares? They're already, win- they're already whinging about the schedule and all that. And no, is Who, cares? Scott? Who cares, yeah? Who cares? And then, no, actually, no, the real Who Cares game is in Wellington, where Adelaide travels to play I the I want to see how those two teams play. I Go was, Reds. I don't want to teach. I've got to draw for that one, because I think Adelaide yeah. aren't quite going to be there I yet. Think, I think Adelaide will uh, be a draw. I think Victory Sydney will be a draw, too. And then West Sydney Wanderers against Perth. 
Yeah, that's going to be hard. To this will be get purely depending on how the Wanderers react to not having Tony Popovich this week. Mm. I've got Perth springing the upset there. All right, so now we're going to go into the raw result with a little bit more detail. Yep. For me, I think, you know, as much as City is struggling up front, they do still have quite a strong backline led by Mikel yeah. Jakobsen. And mm-hmm. as much as I would like to believe that the Raw are going to run this out 3 and like they did against the Wanderers two weeks ago, yep. I think it's going to be a 1-1 draw. I think that this is a prime opportunity for the Raw to go down there and win a game in Melbourne. I think they'll win a macro and he'll score 2-1. Two, 2-1. One. Two, one. Adam? I'm I'm gonna agree with you, James. That I think uh, one all draw. Have some uh, faith, you pet. Come on. Uh look, uh, look, it's a long se- It's a long season. I think we there's a lot of un- un- you know unknown factors. Again, we hope yeah. that uh, no, I hope the raw win four 0 But uh, to put my realistic hat on, I think one all draw. It'll be a fair result, and then you know because we've got a couple of you know good opportunities to really string some points together yeah. in, in a couple of weeks. So. All right, that sounds good. And just for the record, Scott did win the predictions competition last year just by taking a 1-1 Which means draw. I'm going to lose last year, this year. Yeah, you did win it by picking a 1-1 draw yep. for like eight straight weeks. I, I noticed you've just taken that tactic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's hope that we can get it by your, your tactic of 2-1 victories <laughs> yeah. are actually on board this year. That'd be good, wouldn't it? Absolutely. All right, so that's going to be it for this, this edition of the Brisbane Football Review. Feel free to reach out with any... Uh, yep questions and whatnot for the next show and feel free to mock our predictions as you as they as they turn out completely wrong (laughs) (laughs) all right thank you scott adam thank you james thank you everyone for listening to this bumper edition of the show i scared to actually see how long it's going to come in at (laughs) yeah (laughs) all right but that's we drag that even further (laughs) all right thanks everyone for listening enjoy the football this weekend this has been the brisbane football review